Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the COVID crime is being exposed in Europe, and Europeans are protesting high energy prices as well. In today's interviews, we discuss government overreach on churches and the lessons learned since September 11th, 2001. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda, but first a message from John Michael Chambers. Elevated status, red alert imminent. The next three months, immense darkness and a near-death experience will engulf America and the world. Be informed, be prepared. Hello, this is John Michael Chambers with American Media Periscope. We are at war, and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. AMP will begin live broadcasting, including live AMP alerts as Intel comes in. Joining us in studio are guests from the military, the legal community, new media influencers, and people from the intelligence community to cover this historic moment in time to help you to make sense of the madness. We caught the swamp, and this is the tipping point. We are under a wartime command structure, and we don't know what we don't know. But everything will be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Hold the line, Patriots. Stay the course and trust the plan. Remember, where we go one, we go all. Follow us at ampnews.us. Share our critically important broadcast. Stay safe and focus. Victory is ours. God bless. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. That's right. God gave us our immune system as a decoration and the limbs of our body are for injecting foreign substances into them. I think the White House needs to work on its messaging. Well, a federal judge has ordered that federal agencies must turn in their hidden communications with big tech. This is a major victory for transparency and their collusion will be exposed. And speaking of being exposed, the Romanian government is asking the tough questions to Big Pharma. Check this out. Mr. Teres, sorry. Thank you so much. The first set of questions is for both AstraZeneca and Moderna. So the first question is, I would like to know the date, if it's possible, when you decoded the full DNA sequence of this virus, or you solely relied on the sequence provided to you by the Chinese government. Second question, have you tested if the vaccines are stopping the spread of the virus or not? Because the data clearly shows that your products are not stopping the spread of this virus. Wow, these are the questions that need to be asked, and you can watch the full question and answer on Gateway Pundit's Rumble channel. Amidst Europe's energy crunch, governments such as Switzerland are considering jail time for citizens who turn their thermostat too far in the wrong direction. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why America's system of constitutionally guaranteed freedom is so important. Well, in Europe, people are protesting the idea that a war with Ukraine means they should lose their businesses and be pushed to personal bankruptcy and hunger. Let's watch. Now it's time to go straight on to the business news now. And the energy crisis in Europe uh, has, of course, got far-reaching consequences. And our business editor, Charles Pellegrin, is on set with us uh, here to tell us more about it. Charles. 
Hi, Stuart. Absolutely. Uh, pressure on Europe to adapt to these soaring energy prices uh, really keeps increasing, especially with uh, Russia saying it w- won't turn on supply of natural gas on its Nord Stream 1 pipeline until sanctions are lifted. And also because of pressure from people who are increasingly unable to make ends meet. In Leipzig, in uh, Germany, thousands of people gathered to protest the rise in the cost of living and, and calling for a windfall tax on companies with excessive profits. Meanwhile, governments around the continent are presenting relief plans for households. Yinka Oyetade has the details. They are calling time on the worsening energy crisis. Dozens of people in Italy burn their gas and electricity bills in protest of skyrocketing costs that they say they simply cannot afford. We don't want to pay for their war and their crisis. Beyond energy bills, we will starve to death because we won't be able to put food on the table for our sons. It's scandalous how everything has increased. That's right. People are protesting because they're being personally affected. But notice how the mainstream media says that they think the answer is higher taxes on corporation instead of ending the war. Well, our election systems in the USA are so secure that you can buy a voting machine on eBay. Let's watch. How did a Michigan voting machine end up in an Ohio Goodwill store? It then found its way to eBay. Fox 2's Dave Kinchin spoke to the man who purchased it. Dave. It turns out there's a hobby for just about everything, including buying old election equipment online on places like eBay. One man did just that, but got a lot of confusion to go along with this purchase. I want to know if it's mine. That's Harry Hershey on the other end of our Zoom. He has a lot of questions after he says he purchased this Michigan voting machine on eBay for 1200 bucks. He's not opening the box and for good reason. State officials, they have questions too. I have been willing to speak with the investigators and, you know, more than happy. That's this is what this is exactly the reason I reported. (laughs) Harry says he's the one who reached out to state officials and has already spoken with the secretary of state's office after purchasing the election device, something he does often. He says it's part of his cybersecurity work to help governments keep voting machines safe from abuse, especially with some people repeating the baseless claim that the 2020 election was somehow stolen. Basically find out. Uh, the truth about the voting machines, about how secure or insecure they are, but also uh, to investigate themselves if there is so-called algorithm or if there is this code which the conspiracy theories claim, which is in every machine, which is not. But before he can get inside the box and tinker around, he needs investigators to give the all clear. He says he was advised to keep the voting machine in its original wrapping so investigators can get it and check things out themselves. The fact that somebody is selling Voting machines in eBay or in GovDeals or any of the site happens all the time. Most of the time, the seller is a government, a county, or it is a electronic recycling. We reached out to the person who originally posted that device on eBay after apparently finding it at a Goodwill store. We haven't heard back from them. We are hoping to hear back from state officials as well. Dave Kinchin, Fox 2. Got to notice how Fox framed that, saying that there were baseless claims that the election was stolen. And that is why Fox News is the enemy. Well, in the UK, they have a new prime minister. Let's take a look. Out of some breaking news overseas, Britain's Conservative Party announcing this morning its choice to succeed Boris Johnson as the country's next prime minister. Today's senior international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us now from London. Keir, good morning. 
Hey, Jacob, good morning to you. And behind me, you can see the last of the folks leaving this conference hall, having seen the announcement of this vote. And over to my right, you can hear a small group of protesters protesting the fact that this was such a small vote by the Conservative Party. 80,000 voted in favour of Liz Truss. She will be the next Prime Minister. That's right. In the UK, also has a new health minister. And following the trend worldwide, the UK decided to choose the unhealthiest person they could possibly find. Well, that's it for the breaking news headlines. Next up, Pastor Craig Hagen will teach us how government overreach affects churches as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Well, Craig Hagan is an instructor and pastor at Rima Bible College, a Bible church in Oklahoma. He's also an author and podcaster. Craig, tell us how you and your church dealt with government overreach and tell me, are you still dealing with it? And do you have plans to deal with it in the future? Well, you know, I never thought in America that we would have to deal with something like this. You know, our country was founded upon freedom to worship. And so I assumed we would always have freedom to worship until, I guess, COVID-19 hit and the government decided to tell us as a church how to worship, how many people we could have in our auditoriums and all these kind of crazy things. Our auditorium seats like 5,000 people. And I think that, you know, the government tried to tell us we can only have 10. I mean, that's like crazy. Although I went to Walmart right down the street and there was, you know, hundreds or maybe thousands of people at Walmart. And so... um. You know, we kind of fought back. Um, the separation of church and state, it was actually meant for the state not to tell the church how to do things. And, um, you know, we're not going to close our church. Now, we happen to have a very well, we're online quite a bit. There's a lot of small churches that never were online, and they had to pivot. And, I mean, there was, you know, obviously it, it's crazy. And then the problem is a lot of people haven't come back to church since COVID because they got out of the habit of coming to church. But, you know, we're never going to close the church. Um, we're going to stay open. And, you know, we have our college, rbtc.org, Raymond Bible Training um, College. And uh, we're training our students and, um, you know, to go out and fight this kind of stuff because someone has to. Well, let's talk about the spiritual side of this, because who wants people to not go to church? It's it's the, the evil ones. So, I mean, uh, sure, sometimes government has good people, sometimes it has bad people, but this agenda seems to be evil. Can you speak on that? 
Yeah, I mean, the Bible tells tells us not to forsake the assembling ourselves together. It doesn't say it's okay to be online. Um, so biblically, we're supposed to be together. I mean, worshiping together. Um, the Bible says when they are one place and one accord, that's when the Holy Ghost begins to, to move. And, and so the government has no right, according to our First Amendment. And I want to say, because of all this, um, because I'm very involved in the state of Oklahoma political scene, um, the our legislature in Oklahoma um, actually passed a law that the government, the Oklahoma has no right to tell a church how to have church, when to have church, how many people to have church, any kind of regulation. So thank God from Oklahoma, and I guess I'm frozen here, it looks like on the screen. Well, thank you, Pastor Craig. Really appreciate your insight on government overreach. Next up, Jason Burmis is a documentary filmmaker, and he's going to be updating us on what it's like thinking about September 11th now that the anniversary is coming up as soon as we get back. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Jason Permis is a documentary filmmaker. Jason, it's been quite a few years since you made the legendary documentary Loose Change. Tell us what comes to mind for you as we approach the anniversary. Unfortunately, what comes to my mind is that we failed as a citizenry, we failed as a populace to confront the rather dark realities um, surrounding 9-11. And for that, we got a national security state that was ever expanding through things like the Patriot Act, Homeland Security, fusion centers, the reports that would come out of those centers, and now signature reduction. So ultimately, we got less accountability via our executive branch. Meanwhile, that same executive branch has turned its sights on the citizenry here as the real domestic terror threat. Well, certainly everyone would agree with you that we still don't have the truth and we don't have a system for finding out future truths. Uh, but at the same time, this issue hasn't died. I noticed that people are still demanding the truth about 9-11 and even President Trump has been uh, talking about this issue. So it's not dying, despite the fact that it has been quite a few years. So have you noticed this narrative about 9-11 truth uh, still staying alive in the media, at least? Well, you know, Trump was asked about a month ago about 9-11 because of the golf tournament and the Saudi Arabian involvement that has now been revealed to uh, financially help the hijackers. And it was something that was kind of brushed under the rug, but whispered about over the past couple decades. And he frankly said and truly said that we still haven't gotten uh, down to the 
truth of 9-11. And it's a shame because we should have by now. And I would agree with that statement. I think as more and more people distrust the media and the government, they are more apt to look at documentary films such as mine, either Loose Change, Final Cut, or I would suggest Fabled Enemies, because a lot of the same players that enabled that attack and allowed it to be covered up after the fact are still in power. For instance, in Fabled Enemies, we have Joe Biden on camera prior to him even becoming the vice president discussing his meeting with the chief of the Pakistani ISI, General Mahmoud Ahmed. And Ahmed had actually wired Mohammed Atta $100,000 the previous week before the attacks and was in D.C. meeting with all sorts of power players. Biden himself went on television and bragged about the meeting. He then went on uh, the Senate floor and threatened Pakistan as pretending to be our friends Later, there were mainstream media revelations by Dan Rather in January of 2002 that bin Laden was actually being protected by the Pakistani military on September 10th, the evening before the attacks, as he got dialysis. Later on, the story goes that we find bin Laden in Pakistan near a base, yet Pakistan has never been mentioned. So I always encourage people to go peel back the layers and realize, you know, 9-11 wasn't an inside job. 9-11 was an international intelligence operation. And as I said before, unfortunately, a lot of the players that allowed that to happen and then covered it up after the fact are still in power today. Yeah, that is sad to know. And I uh, thank you for keeping us informed year after year about it, because year after year, the anniversary passes and those of us who were alive when it happened uh, have a bit of a, a re-traumatization every time that the date rolls around. And you released Loose Change, you updated the uh, documentary Final Cut, you did the future documentary uh, Fabled, I'm sorry, is it called Fabled Heroes? Fabled Enemies. Fabled, en fabled Enemies, exactly. So, you know, you re-releasing and, and releasing more and more content to, because there's more uh, more to explore. So tell me about that process of, of releasing newer content related to the same event. Absolutely. So, you know, when we did Loose Change Second Edition and it went viral, uh, largely a lot of our stuff was just from the mainstream media. We weren't really able to conduct our own personal investigation with many of the eyewitnesses to several of the events. And that film also focused on the physical anomalies. Through Loose Change Second Edition, we were able to go out there and interview people like Bob Pugh that were the first on the scene at the Pentagon filming the outer um, wall before it collapsed. Uh, eyewitnesses who had seen the planes in D.C., we did a lot of groundwork, but at the same time, it was really focused around the physical anomalies. So I felt that I need to make another picture that didn't focus on those anomalies and it's instead focused on the role players, not only in Pakistan, not only in Saudi Arabia, but also in Israel and here at home via the war games that were surrounding 9-11 before the attacks and then during the attacks of hijacked aircraft hitting buildings and having multiple hijackings on the screen as the attacks were happening. Those are two small elements. But as you said, more and more information becomes available every single year, and these things could constantly be updated. 
Right. Well, thank you for continuing to release that content. And people, it, you recommend that people check out uh, your second documentary, Fabled Enemies, to get the latest. Is that correct? I do. You know, I released that in 2008 on the anniversary of 9-11. Uh, back in the day when Google Video was competing with YouTube, it was the number one video in the world on that anniversary, but it was quickly brushed under the rug. I don't think they wanted another viral sensation like Loose Change. And you look at some of the people in that film, not only Joe Biden, but people like Bo Deedle and others. And I think it's aged extremely well and is a great entry point into 9-11 Truth. We're going to take a quick break and want to find out how you're analyzing modern media like the movie Transformers. Talk about uh, the technocratic future that the elite want us. You're digging into a lot of interesting things on your channel. We're going to dig into that as soon as we get back. Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? It's true. The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. At Richardson Nutrition Center, founder John Richardson and his family have made it their mission to add vitamin B17 back into the human diet. Vitamin B17 is found in over 1,200 foods in nature and has been gradually eliminated from the human diet throughout the past 100 years. Over the past 20 years, our products have helped customers with immune support, energy, heart health, and much more. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com. We're talking to documentary filmmaker Jason Burmis. So Jason, you're doing videos almost on a daily basis, posting it on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you can put them. And tell us about the analysis you just did on Transformers. So I have been lucky enough recently to go on tour on the Reawaken America tour and talk about transhumanism. However, a lot of people miss the aspect that the transgender movement is really about transhumanism. Yes, it's about breaking up the family. Yes, it's about the sexualization of children. But at the end of the day, what it's really about is promoting this idea that you can go beyond your physical form and identify as anything. So yesterday I was uh, lucky enough to host the fourth hour of the Alex Jones program. And I highlighted a conference put on in 2016 by the good people at the Washington Post, that's Bezos's outfit, sponsored by Samsung and Lockheed Martin, that was literally called Transformers. And it opens up with Martin Rothblatt, who is one of the most powerful transgender individuals in the world. This is a person who started Sirius XM. They have United Therapeutics. Um, they're part of the Human Genome Project. They started their own religion, and they are the author of From Transgender to Transhuman, a manifesto of the freedom of form. Now, Rothblatt has written many other books, but this panel was extremely interesting because it really did draw a lot of the parallels 
of that transgender movement into this transhumanist future and even a trans species underground of surgeries put on by doctors, much like we saw in the 50s and 60s when transgender operations were underground. Well, I think this is important because when you can identify who the deep state views as their protégés and their thought leaders, like Klaus Schwab in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and these other uh, different key point men for different uh, agendas that are all connected, uh, they can help us figure out the details of this agenda because they're not hiding it, are they? They literally wrote it in the title of the book that transgender transgenderism relates to transhumanism. So Tell me more about that. Uh, you know, why why are they obsessed with it? I think that they're obsessed with it because transhumanism actually means different things for different classes of people. For instance, us, what, we, what are considered as the peasant class, we're told that this technology is going to empower us through literally using human brain interfaces, getting surgery and accepting this stuff into our bodies, whether it be a Neuralink or even injectable bio nanotech down the line. Now, on the flip side of that, those at the top of this, the predator class, believe that they're going to utilize the bio nanotech to essentially live in this form for the most part forever, the verifiable scientific fountain of youth. In fact, Jared Kushner just this week discussed how he felt his generation was going to be either the first to live forever or the last ones to die. So for instance, Rothblatt is also um, into things like xenotransplantation, and that is where they genetically modify organisms within pigs so that they can be used in surgeries and save lives. On its surface, that's a great technology, but at the same time, who's going to be able to actually utilize this. We've seen during the COVID-1984 nightmare that cheap and effective drugs that were plentifully, plentifully available were not allowed to be used by the public. And as we push into this transhumanist nightmare, we're going to see more and more automation and robotization of everything, AI coming into our lives, not only on a personal level, but throughout both the education and medical systems. And that's really the plan. So the plan is different for most. It is to trick the populace into thinking this is going to empower them, but getting them hooked on more and more of a virtual nightmare, aka the metaverse, which the World Economic Forum has already partnered on and is trying to bring more economic and societal value to. And this has already happened. I mean, we were already promised that our smartphones were going to add more value than they took away. But look at the mental illness and suicide rates and what's happened with uh, our addiction to technology. And let's talk about how the COVID shots are already kicking off, uh, altering human genetic code, injecting nanotechnology into us. And a lot of this is not on the up and up. People are not signing documents, giving consent to these things. They they don't even understand what they're doing. They're just uh, becoming guinea pigs for the experiment. So can you speak on that? Well, it's not only guinea pigs, but it is that next step into this transhumanist agenda. No matter what you believe about the shots, mRNA and vector technology is biological nanotechnology. And I often show people this strategic warfare document from 2025. It's really written in 2001 on a projection 
And then it goes through the ages of humankind. And somehow in 2001, they knew the age of humankind that would be the bio nano era would begin in 2020. And this is when these shots were rolled out and began to be injected into billions of people. And so many people out there are unaware that our own Defense Department, DARPA, partnered with Moderna, Bill Gates, AstraZeneca, and others all the way back in 2013 for the strategic mRNA collaboration. Now, since this is a military-industrial complex move and involves the Defense Department, it should not surprise people that they were actually involved in this and that the public largely is ignorant to the fact that they've taken that first step in transhumanism by what? Injecting this technology into their bodies. Now, this is going to move from the Internet of Things into the Internet of Bodies, and ultimately what they want, according to this document, is a virtual age where, again, the peasant class believes that they can upload their consciousness into a digital metaverse. But in reality, what this is, it is culling humanity, tricking them into a false digital and future, and then taking that technology and empowering a very small amount of people with it. It reminds me of the Matrix where you have a bunch of people plugged into a system and they don't even realize they're plugged into the system. And we're, we already have the beginning phases of that. When you walk down the street, uh, people are looking down at their phones. When you look, go into a restaurant, they're all looking down at their phones. They're not in the physical reality. They're in a virtual reality already. But just imagine once they put those goggles on or those glasses or whatever they're going to look like, and they're transformed to a literal metaverse. And I actually created a little mini documentary about um, Mark Zuckerberg's meta curse is what I call it, uh, where that's the vision that we're all going to be co-working together in the virtual reality. And we're, we're you know, this is going to be where we spend most of our time, according to these technocrats. Uh, but, you know, there is hope. There, there is a movement nowadays, I believe, uh, that basically wanting to have a parallel economy, a parallel uh, society where people are embracing traditional values, embracing religion like I haven't seen since uh, perhaps the 1970s where we had a bit of a spirituality movement in the U.S. Uh, do you see any bright spots? Do you see any hope? What, what are some things that we can do? Well, I always tell people, number one, don't look for any heroes. You have to be your own hero. And this is the battle for humanity. So every day you kind of have to make these decisions on how you're going to navigate the current situation. I'm in full agreement with you that there are more people now gravitating towards religion as it is being attacked because you can't have a transhumanist society. And again, when you look at the transgender movement, it went from LGBTQ to LGBTQ plus LMNOPO, but the plus is extremely important because it now tells you that your gender is fluid you're not really a biological human being. You're zeros and ones. You're non-binary. This takes away the idea of not only a creator, but free will. And it absolves the system of even having to look to religion or a higher deity or actual morals. Instead, they want to talk about social mores and dogmas and essentially that that is in our own mind. So I tell people, look, you have to find a way to become as independent as possible. There are going to be uh, places that you have to navigate at every turn to try to avoid this stuff and really let your family and friends know about it. But knowledge is power. We have to utilize that power 
of knowledge, not in fear, but in anticipation of what they have planned for us. And I think that is the ultimate goal. You know, I tell people, I love this country. I want a constitutional republic. I want free and fair votings. But above all, in this situation where we are under attack and it is a global one, I plan to remain human for the rest of my life and fight those that would take that away from me. Well, you are such an archaic simpleton for wanting to be a human being. I mean, that's how they're trying to frame it, right? That if you're you're new and trendy, then you you own a Tesla and you get a Neuralink, and uh, you know you just get always get the latest technology. Let's talk about Elon Musk because you recently created a video about Musk's population collapse comments, and I thought every time we talk about transhumanism and wanting to be something different from your physical body, I think about his ex girlfriend. Grimes, who wants to do a physical uh, transformation to to mutilate her own ears to make it look like a cat's ears or something or an elf elf's ears, and uh, she has created a concept album about uh, being in love with artificial intelligence and it's some kind of non-binary transgendered love story with AI. And of course, he's got Neuralink and one of his kids just came out as transgendered. So I was wondering if you could speak on Elon Musk because it's quite confusing. He seems like a technocrat. And yes, he's constantly speaking out against the trans cultural agenda. Uh, So uh, his comments on the population are just fascinating, completely opposite of uh, what the elites uh, want you to believe that our population is too high. Yeah, those are about the only things that I'm in agreement with Musk about. But I think that it comes from a place of common sense and what the the majority of us are thinking. So he's been propped up as kind of this savior. At the same time, the entire sustainable movement and automation movement has been placed into Musk's hands. For instance, the Tesla itself, it's not the first electric car, and it certainly wasn't a profitable venture. No, it was subsidized by the government. At the same time, SpaceX is the number one defense contractor in the world. And folks, we're not going to the moon or Mars. In fact, the Artemis mission that was just going to send some dummies and Snoopy via a rocket just got canceled for another month plus. First, they said it was lightning storms. Now it is a fuel leak. What those rocket ships are actually doing is they are putting up not only Starlink satellites, but the DARPA equivalent blackjack militarized satellite systems. And even without those, we have to understand that Starlink is militarized. Its highest concentration is actually in the Ukraine right now with over 12,000 Starlinks. Now, this goes beyond just simple communication, and they are using the Starlink systems to hook up to ghost and sidewinder drones that are being used to kill people. We have to remember that Musk also has a plan for sustainable housing. He pushes the climate agenda and the carbon control agenda. He'll be announcing uh, and showing everybody on the 30th of this month, supposedly, the new Optimus robot, which is a human-like robot. And we have to remember, robots are there to empower us or are supposed to be, but that's not what this is. If we were, we would design this robot to be better than human. Instead, what it's really going to do is try to acclimate us to ever more robotization and then accepting that this form can somehow have consciousness or sentience. In fact, Rothblatt's discussion is all about cyber consciousness and how eventually AI will be considered to be lifelike enough where lawyers and then the psychiatric community is going to decide 
that, yes, in fact, they are conscious and then given rights. So these are all steps to the agenda with a false prophet that keeps telling you we're going to Mars. We ain't going to Mars. In fact, Dennis Bushnell, who's still the chief scientist at NASA and somebody that I quote often uh, because he's the author of that future strategic warfare document, is on record saying that we're going to have to genomically repair the species and space harden humans for future exploration, that human beings are in fact not, let me repeat this, not going to Mars. And essentially what's going to happen is we are going to send out surveillance robots to Mars. They are going to come back with a digital structure based on the entire planet. We're then going to digitize that for the virtual universe in which the citizenry will be able to visit. So you'll virtually go to what they say is Mars. And Musk stands in line with basically everything the military industrial complex wants. He says, we will coup who we want to coup. He challenges uh, Putin and others within the Russian parliament to single combat. And he is providing weapons systems for never ending wars. Just because he says some cool things on Twitter that align with people doesn't make him a good person. But I do have to give him some credit that people tried to take away uh, Russia and Russian citizens' ability to access the Internet and to also run their Teslas. And he decided that he's staying somewhat neutral on that. And so he's but he's providing uh, the Starlinks on the Ukrainian side of that conflict. And, and Russia's not too happy about that. Uh, but, you know, the recent whistleblower and I don't I want to get your feedback on if you think it was a real whistleblower or a fake whistleblower for Google saying that uh, they had a conversation with the AI and the AI believes that it is sentient and has a soul. Uh, so that's that seems right in line with this uh, agenda of, uh, you know, saying that AI is imbued with uh, with consciousness and with the uh, spiritual qualities are on par with humanity. So do you think that was a real whistleblower? What, what was your thought when that came out? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was actually how I finished up my last presentation at the reawaken America tour. As I was talking about modern technology and how it always seems to have an occult flavor, for instance, the Manhattan project, which is the post world war two, or I'm sorry, the uh, pre World War II project actually started a little bit before World War II, where they decided they had to become a nuclear power. They needed a bomb. They bring Oppenheimer in. That started at the Bohemian Grove Club. All right. And that is where the idea of compartmentalization came out of. We know that our rocket programs and Jack Parsons have an occultic flavor. And lo and behold, this whistleblower, this is what we ended the presentation with, uh, is doing an interview and he admits that he is into the occult, he's into chaos magic, and of course, studied Aleister Crowley. If anybody knows what the underpinning idea of Crowley magic is, it is that you are your own God, you are the power, and that you shall do as thou wilt. It is a very sociopathic outlook. So whenever there's somebody out there making these claims that are going to empower a predator class and put the idea out that somehow uh, programming can have consciousness, can have a spirit, can have a soul. I am extremely skeptical, and it always becomes more bizarre to me when these people are on the fringes and into the occult. 
Right. It kind of reminds me of the Facebook whistleblower. And when these whistleblowers come out and they just strengthen the agenda of the deep state, it makes you wonder, uh, what are they even blowing the whistle on? Uh, so thanks for bringing that to our attention. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about digital currencies, how th that fits into the agenda as soon as we get back. Hey friends, Dr. Michelle and I are not celebrity doctors. You probably won't see us interviewed by Oprah, but we see wonderful results in the lives of our patients every single day. We see results. While most medical practices are focused on managing your symptoms, we help you find the root cause and find healing with proven and natural solutions. Will you take 12 seconds and go to Sherwood.tv and join our free newsletter? We'll keep you up to date on new interviews and practical tips for hope and health. Visit Sherwood.tv and subscribe. We're talking to Jason Burmis, documentary filmmaker, and you recently did an interview with Clay Clark talking about digital currencies. Of course, uh, Klaus Schwab is all over this, World Economic Forum. Uh, recently, Biden built this into his latest bill, and a lot of people don't realize that. Can you tell us about central bank-controlled cryptocurrencies and how that might fit into this agenda? Sure. So the big push right now is for CBDCs that run on the blockchain. And of course, this is total and complete track trace database, but also command and control because there are systems within these uh, cryptocurrencies that also use smart contracts. They can turn utilities on or off. And the basic utility that they're trying to get across to the rest of us is that we will have a social and carbon credit score and an allotment of these tokens based on those scores. Now, the World Economic Forum has already looked at a lot of these different currencies. Some of them have even spoken about XRP, um, a.k.a. Ripple, as the type of currency that they would want to use. But essentially, this is an extension of what the International Monetary Fund did well over a decade ago with their special drawing rights units, or SDRs. And what is an SDR? It is a piece of currency that comes out of nowhere and is created in the digital universe in zeros and ones. Obviously, the blockchain technology takes that a step further. But when you have an organization that doesn't even have to really print the money, they can just digitally print that money and then put it into the accounts of a country or nation. It gives them extreme power. And at the same time, you have the World Health Organization and the WEF uh, partnering up for the World Food Program, which is getting people all across the world onto this system in which they use blockchain technology in association with your biometric data, a.k.a. your iris and hand scans to decide what food you get and whether or not you can have a job that they're looking for for you in these encampments. Uh, people think that that's shocking, surprising, not possible. They've advertised it. We played the clip from the World Economic Forum on the show with Clay Clark. So this is that next step of command and control. And we're starting to get 
tastes of that, that, oh, you, you're not allowed to turn your thermostat up. You sign this little piece of uh, paper that says that we control that now. And essentially, they want more and more people to opt in that way, not quite understanding what these systems are. But as the economy gets worse and worse and worse, and it becomes harder and harder just to pay your energy bill, such as in Italy, which you just showed, a lot more people are going to be apt to get on these systems just to survive. And once you're on this digital system, there is virtually no way to get off it. When you can no longer privately buy, sell, and trade with others through a physical currency, you are empowering a state that obviously does not have your best interests at heart. Yeah, you know, the left has been, you know, doing this agenda of the welfare state for a long time. But what this makes sense to me is that they're they're doing this as a beta test for refugees, but there's going to be a lot more refugees and a lot more poor people in the future if we have this type of societal collapse, energy spikes, uh, you know, different government collapses around the world. We've already seen it in Sri Lanka and different places. I mean, we're seeing it in Italy and Germany right now. Actually, people are protesting that they barely have enough money to keep their businesses open, to feed their families. And so if that happens en masse and everyone can only get their food from some kind of international program where they're tracked and traced with their biometric data, um, and this could roll out from just refugees to pretty much uh, everybody very quickly. I'm sure that's the plan. So I guess what you said earlier about being independent and resilient is really very key to this. I want to switch gears for the last segment and talk about your research into the Mormon church and the sexual abuse uh, that's there in Utah and the surrounding states. Uh, it seems to go up to the very top. Recently had uh, FBI person implicated in Utah for sexual abuse of children. Uh, what have you dug up there? Yeah, so the majority of the work, I have to credit my good friend, Derek Bros and the Conscious Resistance. But earlier this year, we started seeing uh, stories of SRA, satanic ritual abuse, and sexual child abuse of children with high-level individuals in Utah. And the documentation that was out there was just shocking and abhorrent. But at the same time, it did deserve to be looked at. And in looking at that, um, a lot of people came forward with information on the Mormon church itself and his past. And there's an individual out there, Gordon B. Hinckley, who used to head up the Mormon church and really was the media push for that religion that we saw in the 80s and 90s. You know, the Church of Latter-day Saints had commercials all over television at the time. And this person is really implicated in some of the most horrific behavior out there that would be completely contradictory to the Mormon church. Um, not just homosexual affairs, but sex with young boys. And Derek was able to unearth this documentary film that was being passed around back in the day in churches on VHS about Gordon B. Hinckley and the church, which I think everybody should go give a watch to because it shows you how people at the very tops of these organizations, whether they be religious or political, are often compromised and doing the very things that they seem to be speaking out against. And it becomes a scam. So, you know, the Utah situation, at least with the SRA abuse, with the individuals who were recently named, is far from over. Uh, we know the investigation 
is ongoing. We don't know how far it's going to get or if any criminal prosecutions are going to come out of that. But there is enough information out there that if we share that information with others, we can at least make people aware in the court of public opinion uh, about this situation. Well, I'm glad that you and others are doing the digging on this and exposing it as, as it develops here. And, you know, one of the sides of analyzing things that are right in front of our eyes, like the Mormon church and, and Elon Musk's programs, is the, the symbolism and the numerology. Have you gone down that rabbit hole uh, regarding connections between masonry and the Mormon church or uh, these types of symbolism and numerology in Elon Musk's uh, space programs and different things? I certainly have. Now, I, you know, I'm always hesitant to talk about those things unless I'm going to kind of talk about them as speculation or tongue in cheek. But I always tell people to check out uh, the documentary series, for instance, America's Secret Beginnings, where you get into a lot of that symbology. You go back hundreds of years into this historical notion of not only secret societies, but their roles as really the first intelligence apparatuses. And where do they come from? And what is this symbolism? I often look at uh, Hollywood pictures, and there is rich symbolism and meaning in there that harkens back to masonry and other secret societies all the time. That when you start to look at it, it's right in your face. And a lot of people have pointed out that they believe this is a tool of quote-unquote lesser magic. Now, for your audience, for myself, for yourself, I don't necessarily believe in magic or that occult rituals work, but time and time again, we see this stuff and then we see occult practices being utilized by individuals at the top of the pyramid. So do they think it brings them power? Possibly. Um, it's certainly an avenue that I look at and I'm fascinated by, but I'm always hesitant to opine on because I like to stick to what I can prove. Right. Well, it's just an interesting angle to analyze things. You're looking at updates to the Epstein scandal, to the Weinstein scandal. Uh, can you tell us what's new with those? Yeah. So the Epstein case, uh, for instance, it was supposedly still being investigated in the UK. That investigation is now over. Uh, the reports as far as Ghislaine Maxwell is that she's got a cushy gig in her prison where she's essentially the Shawshank Redemption Andy Dufresne um, accountant to the uh, warden. She seems to be treated with kid gloves. And as far as the Weinstein case goes, there are other charges that are coming up on Weinstein and other trials on the horizon, but he has just been granted an appeal to that original judgment that ruled that he was going to spend 20 plus years within prison. And as uh, the audience may know, Weinstein was obviously connected to Epstein. They are in pictures with one another. Uh, Weinstein is also very connected to the Clintons, just like Epstein. He once bragged about how he was the Hollywood projectionist and that he would go on vacation with Bill Clinton and set up these projectors and watch movies with him. So those are definitely two cases to continue to keep an eye on. Have you noticed that when there's mainstream media articles and so forth about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell or, or Weinstein, there's an angle of trying to make them the victims. You have Weinstein with his his walker and just like 
putzing along like it's the hardest thing in the world to get to and from a, a court hearing. You've got Ghislaine Maxwell's talking about how difficult the conditions are in jail, like boo hoo hoo. Uh, you know, have you noticed that? And what do you think that's all about? I see it all the time. And I think it's media management. Uh, another great example would be Dennis Hassert. You know, Dennis Hassert was the longest serving speaker of the House on the Republican Republican end, never did any time for his alleged crimes against children, which spanned 40 plus years. And while a judge was label labeling him a serial child molester, what were they doing? They were wheeling him in as an old man on a wheelchair. Oh, we can't put this guy in jail. And, you know, he was treated with kid gloves. He basically got 18 months. He only served 15 of those months. And guess what? He's been out for years. So I, I think it's one of those public opinion ploys that gets exploited by the lawyers and really the predators who want to be portrayed as victims. Right. Well, you know, it, it gets kind of uh, depressing when you think about the lack of accountability uh, for these types of crimes. And so do you see anything on the horizon uh, that possibly there's going to be more accountability? How can we play a role in getting more accountability? And uh, what is the hope for you politically and culturally for that to happen? You know, I was surprised when they first arrested Epstein. I, I remember when it happened, I was sitting there watching UFC pay-per-view I immediately called my brother because I was in shock. And the first thing my brother said to me is, he's a dead man. That guy's going to be killed. He's like, there's no way that that guy, guy survives. And, you know, even studying this stuff, I said, come on, they can't do that. You know, they, they just got the, the most infamous criminal ever. This is the highest level guy. It can't possibly happen. And then it happened twice, right? <laughs> so you wonder, you know, you, you wonder whether or not you're ever going to get justice. I think that through the court of public opinion, again, bringing these facts to light, you put pressure on the localized or lower, lower level law enforcement that essentially gets fed up and says we have to do something. And then the upper echelons understand that they're going to have to burn some of these people, a.k.a. Epstein, Maxwell, Weinstein, uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, and right now Peter Nygaard, who is in custody and facing all sorts of uh, criminal charges. So, you know, my hope is that we can bring more of this to light, that we can bring more of these people, at least at a mid-tier level, to justice, but to act like adults and understand that we may not get the upper, upper echelons, especially when they are connected to intelligence agencies and predator class billionaires like Les Wexner. So my goal always has been and will continue to be to tell the truth, no matter how dark it is and who it connects to. And that's really all we can do. But we have to put pressure on local law enforcement. We have to put pressure on local media and local government and anybody that you can to try to push for these things or we will never achieve them. So I think that we have to be optimistic, but at the same time, realistic. And where can people go to really tune into your latest content? Yeah, uh, I would say, although I am on YouTube, you never know if I'm going to be there. So Rumble and Rockfin are the spots. And you can watch all of my documentary films for free. That's what I want you to do. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, and Shade the Motion Picture. Once you watch them, share them via email, rip them, have screenings of them, and really... Go into the information yourself. If you don't agree with me, that's great. 
Go do your own research and find out that what I'm putting out there is reality and try to share that with other people that are surrounding you so that you can prepare for the future. Thank you so much, Jason Burmes, for the great work that you do. Really appreciate you coming on again. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's Patriot-only network. You can get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. Make sure you follow me on Truth Social at SeanMorganReport. God bless all you patriots. Good night, good luck, and enjoy this moment of levity. Wow. (laughs) This is a classic example of white privilege, and you both have it. Uh, what's that? Anyone want to fill them in? Um, yeah, I'll do it. Okay, so white privilege is when white people, particularly men, automatically assume they can take whatever they want. And they never have to worry about getting stopped by the police. And they have the inside track for any job they... I've got this one, Aisha. They have the inside track for any job they want. Exactly, Gage. Thank you for that. That's white privilege. Whoa. And we have that? You sure do. I see. Whoa. I never realized this stuff. Uh, (laughs) yeah. You've really opened up my eyes. Well, I'm glad we've been able to enlighten you. The real question is, do you think you'll be acting differently from now on? Uh, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Step aside, please. We have white privilege. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate-lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. 
That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.